to In the Booth, the politics podcast from the Frederick News Post. My name is Jack Hogan, and I cover county and state politics for the News Post. In the coming days, we'll be publishing interviews with candidates for Frederick County Executive and Frederick County Council to help voters get to know more about some of the local names that will be on their ballots in November. Today's guest is Renee Knapp, who is an advocate and caregiver for her adult son with autism and one of two Democratic nominees in the race for the two at-large seats on the Frederick County Council. The second Democrat is Brad Young, the president of the Frederick County Board of Education. County Councilman Phil Dacey, who has represented the county at-large since 2018, and Tony Schmelick, a general contractor and former council member, are the Republican nominees. Renee, welcome to the newsroom and to In the Booth. Thank you. To start off, would you walk me through your decision to run for county council? Yeah. So um, just about this time last year, uh, I was deciding what I wanted to do. I had been um, supporting other candidates. I was a member of the Democratic Central Committee, and I decided that um, I could either stay stay in doing trying to do that for another term, or um, I could run for county council at large. The seat was vacated by Kai Hagan when he decided to run for county executive. And I thought, uh, I really want to go into a different part of public service, uh, more of a direct serving the public in local government. And I decided that I had enough experience helping other candidates and and a message that would be very uh, helpful to the county um, I'm, I'm excited about living in the county, excited about where the county is, and I want to make sure that that view um, is you know, brought forth to the council and, and that they, we keep moving in the right direction. We keep moving Frederick County forward. So I decided just like just about this time last year to get everything lined up and, uh, and file to run. What do you feel is the most important issue in the county council race? That's a really good question. So there are two. And if you're, um, growth and education come up over and over again, how the county is going to grow. We, there are things that we cannot change about Frederick County. First off is our proximity to Washington, D.C. This has traditionally been a, a commuting county. Um, my father commuted down the road. My husband has commuted down the road for uh, 30 years so that we could live in Frederick County. Um, and so that's not going to change. People want to come to Frederick County probably more now than than uh, years ago. It's turned into a really cool place to live with downtown. It's very vibrant. The Economic Development Department has done a great job of attracting lots of positive things about Frederick County. So the other side of that is so many people want to come to Frederick County. How are we going to accommodate them uh, with affordable housing and keeping up with school construction and road infrastructure, which is definitely an issue. We all see that every single day in Frederick County, especially after the pandemic. Things sort of, traffic was decreased a lot during the pandemic, but we're practically getting back to where we were um, before the pandemic. So how we grow, where we grow, definitely um, is one of the two big issues, I think, for Frederick County. And the other is education. Again, in terms of the pandemic, I've spoken with teachers who are struggling with pandemic learning losses, um, small children 
small, you know, younger students who are um, having to relearn how to grip their pencil, and some of them have speech difficulties from wearing a mask. Um, and the support staff also feels that, that you know they need to be supported, um, and we need to make sure that the our education system is delivering that competitive education, the 21st century education for the workforce in the Washington, D.C. area um, and the skilled trades. The skilled trades are not the skilled trades of when I went to high school in Middletown, you know, uh, you know, long ago. Um, it's much more technical and rigorous, and we need to be able to keep up with that. So I would say managing growth, how the county is going to grow, because we don't that is something that is not going to change, and we have to do that well, and also making sure that our public education system keeps up, keeps up with that as well. And so, I mean, what are your preferences for where and how the county grows? So the Livable Frederick Master Plan, that has is a really good plan. And one of the best things about it is at this point, it has consensus and buy-in from the county and from the developers and from industry. And it provides a certainty uh, that, that's good for business because businesses can, they to start a business, to locate a business, that takes longer a longer period of time than moving here as a resident. Um, and if we stay, you know, if we follow the Livable Frederick Master Plan and the small area plans are, are coming, uh, that gives... Um, it, it provides a framework um, for growth in the county. So the southern part of the county, or the Urbana area, that's designated as a growth area. The southern part of the county um, in the Adamstown area, that, that's the next small area plan that's going to be considered. That's an area of, gro of growth, too. That's going to be an, more of an area of business growth because of its proximity to Ashburn, Virginia, um, and the high-tech you know, business that's that's coming to Frederick County. But then when we keep up with our agricultural preservation goals, that allows the northern area of the county and other areas of the county to not uh, be so developed. And that's what's, what makes Frederick County such a special place. We have this, I've heard there's three Frederick counties, right? There's the, the, the northern part, the city, and then the southern part, um, which is more developed and, and slated to be developed. So I think that the, the livable Frederick Master Plan, if we keep following that, that provides adequate growth, uh, a pace for growth, and also it's helpful for business growth and, and gives them the planning um, you know, certainty, like I, I was saying before, to make long-range plans seven, 10 years out. What would you say is your number one legislative priority if you were elected to a four-year term? That's a good question. I probably would have something to do with transportation. I think that that is an area where the county has done great things. The county executive and the current council, since charter government has been instituted, they've made a lot of progress. Transportation is something that I would like to focus on should I be elected. Uh, in particular, public transportation, rural public transportation. Um, 
we have a growing elderly population. The, the population of elderly people is growing faster, actually, than younger people in the county. And if we, we have to have a, a transportation system that is safe for older motorists and disabled, um, you know, residents. So something with with transportation, either trying to public transportation, um, that that would be my priority. That I feel very passionately about transportation and and making sure that people who don't have a car. Um, multimodal transportation, those that would be a legislative priority for me. And how can the county improve the public transportation that it's been offering? So we, the, Frederick County is the largest county by area in, in the state. Um, and it, it, that would, it, that's a heavy lift to get us to a public transportation system. But there are other places that are doing it. Um, right now we sort of work off of a centralized system where Frederick County, um, Frederick City is, is sort of the hub of the transportation. And there are programs. There are programs. Um, the United Way has a program right where there are people who are trying to do things to get um, regional public transportation systems. But um, the city of Austin has a system where they have um, you know, smaller areas like Woodsboro and Walkersville would be one area instead of all of the, the public um, buses going back to the city every time and going in and out of the city, it would stay in one area like Middletown or uh, the Brunswick area. I mean, there's municipalities. Some of them are municipalities that would obviously have to be worked with, but smaller regions um, could be a a more effective way, or something to try at least to get to get data and understand if that would be an effective way for people who don't necessarily want to go back into the city for everything, but if you just want to go to the store or go to church or go to the doctor's office or something like that, um, there there are places they're trying to push uh, rural public transportation, and I think that's something that you know we should consider at least study. I know. We could get data from the United Ways program, possibly, or um, the city and, and, and the county transit system um, and, you know, expand um, bus service. All right. And so now switching into some specific policy that the council has been working on. Since July, <clears throat> the county council has been holding meetings about the Sugarloaf Treasured Landscape Management Plan. It's a plan to preserve Sugarloaf Mountain and the land surrounding it. And it's the first area plan that is part of the Livable Frederick Master Plan, which the county passed in 2019 to guide development and preservation. If you were a member of the council, would you vote to approve the Sugarloaf Plan and why or why not? So my understanding, the latest, um, this is very much um, in in flux right now. There, there's amendments being introduced my current understanding from what I've read in the paper, and I don't, you know, I'm not privy to any special information yet like um, the council members are, but as is, my understanding is that there have been amendments that have been introduced that sort of um, are more agree, um, that the, the landowners in the Sugarloaf area are more amenable to. It's taking away some of the zoning uh, restrictions that they were not happy with. And that uh, that the line that the boundary line is currently going to be as proposed held at 270, but with possible 
uh, exceptions in the future, and that is something that I, that I could support. But um, yeah, it's it's very. I, I don't know that that's going to be the end product, but from what I'm reading, where it is right now, that's something that I could support. The county has already begun meeting with community members about the next regional plan in the Livable Frederick Master Plan. Uh, this one is called the South Frederick Corridors Plan. It'll examine an area south of Frederick along Maryland 355, Urbana Pike, and Maryland 85, Buckystown Pike, which is the second most economically significant region of the county to Frederick City. Goals for the plan include reinforcing and creating economic strengths and assets, supporting existing business and industries, and fostering innovation and opportunity. How can the county improve its public process for this plan compared to the process it had for the Sugarloaf Plan, if at all? So they're definitely different regions, and the goals of the, of the two regions are very different. The, in Sugarloaf, the Sugarloaf Plan was geared much more towards preservation of natural resources and agriculture um, and, you know, keeping that area more pristine. And in the next uh, uh, economic plan, that is about growing business in Frederick County and economic growth. And I'm very supportive of that. I think that whatever we can do to help businesses uh, locate in Frederick County, there are, we already have, there's a data center campus that's coming that's going to change the character of the southern part of the county pretty substantially. And I think, and I think for the better, I think that those are, very good jobs that are coming. Data centers themselves don't employ a lot of people. That's a lot. That's thousands of servers, not thousands of workers. But the the businesses that come around them to um, are really good jobs where people can live and work in Frederick County. Um, yeah, and I, it's really exciting. That's the area of the county that I live in. We have to make sure to support the people who are going to come and live and work in Frederick County. That's where we need to work on making sure our schools uh, are attractive to, to that workforce, making sure our transportation goals evolve and making sure that people can get around the county. Um, and so, yeah, the, the plans are very different, but whatever we can do. And also, um, especially moving forward into the next um, small area plan, we should make every effort and go beyond to be transparent with the public and and let them know, bring them along with the process and help them under, to understand. There's going to be a lot of changes. Um, I live in Adamstown, and there's there might be – it's going to change, right? There's going to be different businesses there, different types of businesses. The data center business that could come there will have implications with – noise and, and sound. But one thing that the county did very well is to sort of get the zoning, do the zoning, the critical data infrastructure zoning, um, you know, updated with really good standards to, that, that, the, that the county can follow. So yeah, the plans are very different. Um, and moving forward, we should make sure that we can attract uh, the workforce that wants to come to Frederick County and maintain a high level of transparency in the process. And just for people listening, the uh, data, data center campus we were discussing is a quantum loophole. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, last year, the county council approved the $20 million purchase of a 26-acre property along Himes Avenue. 
which includes a 209,000 square foot facility currently used for COVID-19 vaccination clinics. The county purchased the property with intentions of accelerating large projects like building new county offices, relocating the 911 call center, and potentially adding a library to the west side of the city. What do you think the property should be used for? That's a tough question because it, it is a I understand why the property was acquired. It's a large property. It has already has qualities that that um, people may not think about right away, like the, um, the water and sewer is already there. The internet is already there. Those are things that the county would not have to um, create in, in a new place. So I understand why the property was acquired, and I, and, I, and I agree with that. I think it would be a great place for a 911 call center. And I understand that the library, um, that's, been, that's been a controversial topic. Um, if the people, public input has to be, there has to be some public input into the process. I think that that's important because people um, want to, you know, they, you want them to utilize the services that, that, you, that you create. I think that a 911 call center would, would I mean, that's, that's a great location for a 911 call center because of the internet, because of the location, and we wouldn't have to do a lot of adjustments to, to the building. Um, more input, I think, working with the city to address a library situation. We have to, I think there has to be more public input in the library situation. Um, but I, yeah, I think that that's what, uh, I agree with the purchase of the building and definitely for offices and a county uh, 911 call center, that would be a great use for, for it. And as far as the library goes, it sounds like there has to be more public input into the process and working with the city to find a, a solution that, that every, that kind of works for the, for the residents in the area. And this is a proposal. It seems like uh, it's, it's possible that the county could still be working on where the library on the west side mm -hmm. of the city is going to end up um, in the next council's term. Uh, are there any ideas you have for what the county could be doing differently? In terms of? Engaging with the public and... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the process for deciding on a location for, for this property. One of the challenges, and I don't want to be... Um, Critical. I, be, I believe that the that the current council and and, and uh, executives office, they're doing everything that they that they can to be responsive. I think part of it is the t the times that we live in. Communicating with the public has become difficult. Um, in that, when you put a notice in the newspaper, a public notice, I'm not sure that that means the same thing that it did 25 or 30 years ago. Is that adequate? Do we need to, we should get, getting the public's input about how to communicate to the public, that would be, you know, that would be difficult. But we need to find ways to really let the public know um, and get their, get their feedback. That's one thing that I think that the county could do. Um, there's room for improvement there, communication. How can we make sure that people are, knowing about county affairs, county business, when not as many people get the newspaper anymore, or, or the paper newspaper. People check in on the website. Um, I get the paper. I mean, I still get the actual newspaper, <laughs> uh, like we have for, for many, many years. Um, I think, yes, communicating with the public. And as a byproduct of that, I don't think that's an intention, but 
it sort of goes to transparency. I think that's another issue where I think the county um, should make sure that we're um, giving the public as much information as possible, especially when we're dealing with um, new companies and new plans, uh, as much as possible. I'm, I'm always a firm believer that the public should be as involved as possible. We need to have public input. Yes, we're elected to represent people, but we have to it has to be a dialogue. It has to be, we're representing people need to, the public has to be able to provide that input and know that they can. Uh, what else would you look to accomplish in a term on the council that I haven't asked about? Um, I, we have such opportunity for Internet broadband. We have there's there's a lot of internet coming to the southern part of the county, and I I want to find a way to get that out to all areas of the county because we have we have we are a large county. We have different geographical regions, and our, the topography is different. It's hard to get some of the internet in up up into the mountainous parts, but we also have places that in. Um, like Clover Hill or Monrovia, where there are dead spots where people have trouble getting internet. That is that is an issue that um, I really want to find out how I can move the needle, figure out how we can get internet to everybody in Frederick County, because it is an economic driver. It drives business. It drives education, telebusiness. People can open a business, um, telehealth, telemedicine. Uh, teleeducation we, that provides educational opportunities for uh, across the county. If you can't, maybe you can't access something. You're in a high school, and you know you could possibly access something at a different high school, but you wouldn't have to get in your car and drive down there or try to catch a bus. The county would not necessarily have to provide a bus. Um, so, yeah, internet expansion, finding out what I can do, whatever. The, how the county can leverage that or partnerships that we can form with nonprofits, with companies that are coming. Um, that is, that's a game changer for Frederick County because it accelerates business and it gets cars off of the road, which is a problem that we deal with every day in Frederick County. And as a county council member, what would you be able to do to help move these projects along and, and ensure that broadband access continues to expand in, in the county? I think that you can certainly advocate for it. You can try and bring people together um, to meet with business owners, meet with nonprofits, find out what, get people talking to each other, and then find out, I mean, as a piece of legislation, I'm very aware, I mean, I'm not running for county executive, I'm not running for board of education. The council is, um, has defined um, defined a defined job, but you can definitely be an advocate and find out, get people talking tr to each other and tell the, and get them to tell you what they need, and then go find a way to try and get it done. That's based. That's very much what I want to do on the council. I intend to be a very engaged council member. I know it's a part time job, but you know, it it takes up a lot of time, um, and I'm definitely ready to put in the time and education. Transportation and internet expansion are issues that I'm passionate about, and I'm ready to work and talk to anybody across the aisle, any business, any nonprofit, to get things moving forward. 
And what does being an engaged council member look like? Like what will uh, people in the county see from from you? Meeting with meeting with any association. I mean, uh, uh, professional associations, nonprofits other elected officials. There's room for growth in the relationship between the county and the city we, and the county and the municipalities. We're, we live in such a large county um, that we have to have constant communication. There's, there's residential growth happening in, around, in and around the municipalities. We need to be talking on a, on a regular basis. Um, and that's, that is what I intend to do is speak to um, the school system, the teachers union, the, the, the realtors, all the groups that everybody talks about. You have to talk with them on a regular basis and, and see what they need. So it's, it's a two-way street. It's not just getting your ideas. It's finding out what does the county need? What do people in the county need? What do the people in the county want? What do businesses want? Um, and the nonprofits, you know, keeping that dialogue open on a daily basis, I consider to be a big part of the job. All right. Well, Renee, thank you so much for coming into the newsroom and and joining me here in, in the booth. Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you.